Packer Nation, you are a fickle one. The mob is coming out even more so for one Aaron Rodgers. Rowdy, it is getting a little uh, a little pretentious out there with some of these uh, Rodgers haters. Uh, l- let me ask you this. Do you think that uh, when did people start turning on Rodgers more? Would you say 2020? Well, good morning, by the way. I don't good morning. Wanna... I would say, I would say probably the first time on these airwaves that I remember people coming at Aaron Rodgers, it was probably the 2018 Mike McCarthy season where people first yeah. started getting pissed off by about 2019, 2020, where he kind of came. Remember that 2019 season, his very first one with LaFleur, it was pretty good, but it wasn't anything like he's done the last couple of yeah, years. It was ugly, but they still found ways to yeah, win. And, and he was still pretty solid. Yeah. Then people were talking about trading him for Joe Burrow or trading him for Justin Herbert. <laughs> and that was a, like a, a handful. I don't even think it was a handful, but, but yes. You had never it heard anyone out say there. anything like trade Aaron Rodgers before that. Yeah. They started to trickle in with trade for Joe Burrow in the first overall pick. Trade for Who a said top that? 10 Our pick. Guy Conrad? Did yeah. Conrad there was someone else that said trade for a top 10 pick and draft Justin Herbert. I think Gator Frank said that too when he used to listen. So th- that was 2020. He might still listen, actually. But then I would say it didn't get. I would say those were just kind of like small factions of people. Yeah, like the the tiny little breakoff group of cheeseheads. It didn't get bad until the the I'm immunized. Yeah, and then then people started freaking out. Then the reporters started to turn on Aaron Rodgers, and when the reporters start turning on you, they have a lot of what are they? The conduit of the fan, right, Rowdy? They're the ones that are are in the locker room, and they can help you peel back some curtains and layers of onions and let you see in. And that's when the when the majority of reporters started turning on Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't because of the play on the field. It was because, well, he lied to me about, about you know, COVID-19 and if he was vaxxed or not. Uh, he said immunized. I was just not dumb enough or smart enough, excuse me, to have a follow-up question of whether that means. But it's not my fault. It's Aaron Rodgers' fault. So th- that, to me, Rowdy, is when everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people started to turn on Rodgers more. It was the 2020 season. But you're totally right. It was uh, 2018 season when he was getting Mike McCarthy fired, and it looked like a shell of himself. Be like, man, we got to start thinking about the future. Uh, but then the vitriol for Rodgers became more so. It was off the field uh, stuff that really started taking over, and it was, I've been immunized. Yeah, it definitely got worse in the 2020 season, but the funniest part was he won back-to-back MVPs. He won an MVP that season, then he won an MVP the next season. Also, Rodgers wasn't wrong on anything he was talking about for off-the-field stuff either. <laughs> so people wanted to paint their own narrative uh, about Aaron Rodgers, and now uh, they want to move on from him desperately. And once you lost, once he lost the majority of the reporters out there, then they started spinning this little narrative on Aaron Rodgers. And now uh, the guy's kind of—I uh, wouldn't say he's a pariah, but a lot of people turning their back on Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, which he does a lot of Tuesdays. And oh my God, was it incredible to see the mental gymnastics! of a lot of these Rodgers haters coming out here. I have now heard, Rowdy, I'll play the clips coming up, but I've now heard even more people saying it's time to start tanking on the season. Bench Aaron Rodgers. Force him into retirement and start Jordan Love. Yeah, that was my favorite one that I was seeing a lot last night is that it's time for Jordan Love to play. And... I just can't. Oh my! I think those people might have some vax damage. Rowdy, what is what is going on with punting on the season? Like, 
Ebo, you would say in 2020, remember when we did like a lot of draft coverage for basically the entire month of April? Because if you remember for everyone out there, there was no live sports. Baseball didn't start. There was marble racing and that was it. Bags. Yeah, and, and some, some cornhole or bags, whichever you prefer. And yeah, we talked a ton of draft for like a month and then probably even a couple of weeks after the draft talking about the draft. We probably spent like four to six weeks on the draft. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we we did more in draft than the NFL did because they just talked about feel good. This guy stepped over dead bodies. We're like, well, this guy can run this round, this and that. Well, Jordan Love was one of the guys that I actually liked as a quarterback coming out of college. Thought he had a lot of upside. Thought he had a lot of ceiling. Um, if you remember, that was also the same year that Tua came out in the draft. Joe Burrow came out in the draft. Justin Herbert came out in the draft. So there was a lot of high, high-end talent in that draft, especially when it came to NFL experts, NFL analysis. A lot of quarterbacks that a lot of people loved. Yep. Jordan Love, I thought, had a ton of talent. Then remember, I actually thought he might have one of the higher ceilings in that draft just from watching him play at Utah State, some of the plays that he made, and then the down year with Gary Anderson. But we know how players play under Gary Anderson, especially quarterbacks. We hate you, Gary Anderson, respectively. Well, then we had Rob Reichel on. And then this being said... Never, ever thought in my life that they would draft Jordan Love because we just went through like yeah, the players like, at every position. Like, no way. Like, we'll get a wide receiver or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never thought they would do it, but did think he had a ceiling. Then we talked to Rob Reichel like the day before the draft. And Rob is talking, well, boys, don't be surprised if they take a, a flyer on a quarterback like Jordan Love. I'm hearing that they love a guy. They love Jordan Love. And we laughed at him. We're like, you're nuts. Who's taking a quarterback after Rodgers kind of had dude. that? kind of had that renaissance season where all of a sudden you thought he was done in 18 looking a lot better in 19 getting closer to what he used to be no way in 2020 they take a quarterback yeah there's no way and then sure as crap they traded up and when they traded up I thought they were going to take either Patrick Queen who I believe at the time was the linebacker that Baltimore ended up taking, or they were going to take like a wide receiver or, or a skilled player. Yeah. No, never no, no. in my wildest dreams. A that I think they would actually draft Jordan love or really just a quarterback or B that they would trade up to do so. It was wild. Rob Reichel. Well, called it, nailed it. And we're like, what's going on here? What's and going then on? The, the entire, the entire next season, Jordan Love did not even suit up. He was in a track suit on the sideline. <laughs> and remember, it was COVID, so all the reporters weren't really let into every practice. It was no. very hit or miss when they could actually get well, in. It was all Zoom and stuff, yeah. And, like, the one video that we see leaked out of Jordan Ooh, Love in it practice wasn't good. wasn't good in the Hudson Center was him skipping about a five-yard pass in the feet of the net. <laughs> and we were- that was it. And we didn't see him ever suit up. And, and it was Tim not Boyle pretty. was the backup, and we all knew what Tim Boyle was. Yeah. And we're like, really? This guy? Now, there was a lot of reasons for why Jordan Love might be held back. There wasn't the preseason. There wasn't the training camp. There wasn't a lot of the OTAs and off-season workouts because of COVID. It put him behind. Then you go into season two, he's even farther behind because then, remember, he was supposed to play the entire preseason? Yes. And then he got hurt and only played a game and a half. A watch pot boiled with Tim Boyle. So I get why his learning curve might have been behind and it was a lot of the things weren't really his fault. But at some point you got to say, hey, what is this guy? And from what we've seen on the field, what we saw half in Detroit, 
We saw an entire game against Kansas City, and we saw a couple snaps against. We saw some snaps in preseason, and then we, uh, this season we saw him for a couple snaps against. Uh, who was it? The Jets. And it doesn't like, <laughs> like but the thing is all the times he's gotten run is not good. And it's again, he had to, he had now three seasons to start to catch up and to learn yes. and to, for some things that he probably would have got done earlier if COVID and wasn't it's not a thing. looking good. I wouldn't sell Jordan love. It's like, okay, he's terrible. This is a bust. This guy can't play in the NFL. But he in no way at this no. point is a guy that so, you have to be like, yep, we need to turn the offense over to this guy. The, the, let's bench Aaron Rodgers, force him into retirement. We're sick of him. We're sick of his crap and give the team to Jordan Love. All right, well, uh, if that's the case, then Jordan Love, who's he going to throw to? Yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? If a lot of these people were actually named general manager, their new your newest Green Bay Packers uh, well, quarterback and receiving core would probably be Jordan Love throwing to Julio Jones. Oh, wait, no, he's not playing. He's been injured all year. <laughs> yeah. And A.J. Green, who's mm. been terrible for like the last five years. So I'm, I'm looking at these people saying that because Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday making some more comments. I, I listened to him. I'm going to play him for you coming up. I don't know what people are freaking well, I do know what people are freaking out about. They don't listen to the interview. They don't listen to the inflection. They don't listen to the words. They see some reporter uh, type go to Twitter and type out what Roger says and then put a little, like a little quip on it, a little spin on it, like the Peter Bukakis of the world. And they go and like, they totally freak out over what Rogers is saying, saying this prima Donna, this a-hole let's get rid of them. I'll play the comments. They're pretty harmless. Yeah, well, and some are actually spot on, but I'm looking at the playoff picture right now, Rowdy, the Eagles, obviously six and oh, they're number one seed, the Vikings five and one, the number two seed, the Seahawks, are third at four and three. The Packers are three and four, by the way. The Buccaneers are the four seed at three and four. By the way, the Packers are three and four. The Giants are the five, six and one. Cowboys are the six at five and two. And the Rams, three and three, the seven, Rowdy. You have on the bubble the Niners at three and four, the Packers on three and four, the Falcons at three and four, the Commanders at three and four, the Cardinals at three and four, the Bears at three and four. How many, like, I just read you three and four teams and four and three teams that are in the playoffs or on the bubble, and the Packers are right there, yet we want to sit down Aaron Rodgers and put in Jordan Love? Yeah, and at the same time, uh, excuse me, uh-huh. there's been really no good teams. Outside of Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Kansas City, there haven't been any real dominant teams. And at that same point, only one of those three is in the NFC. Like Minnesota's five and one and Giants are six. And one. I don't think they're the greatest team. Same with the Giants at six and one. I don't think they're really the greatest team, but both of those teams have found ways to win so far mm-hmm. and you can't take that away from them. But yeah, like you said, Cowboys <laughs> five and two Seahawks, four and three Tampa, three and four. Like, they're, a in lot the, of these, they're in the playoffs. A lot of these teams like the Rams the and the 49ers. And some of these teams, Cardinals are three and four. All those teams have to play each other, and uh, yeah. they're going to beat up on each other. Same with the Pack. Like the Packers have to hold serve against the Bears and the Lions, and you'd imagine they can split against uh, Minnesota. Yes, that's still what four four more but, wins for the Packers. That's seven right there, and that's not counting anything else outside of. Division. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing that well, and he lied to me on the podium two years ago. So I think we should bench him. That all being said, I feel like this game on Sunday is going to go one of two ways. 
The Packers. An ass whooping? The Packers are either going to keep this close and potentially win or get absolutely waxed. Now the now the Packers usually keep these all these games have been close for the like, Packers all season. When I say close, within a touchdown. Yeah. I don't see them losing by like seven to fourteen points. I feel like this is a field goal game or they win or they're losing by like two plus touchdowns. Every game the Packers have played has been a, I know the jets we got those 17 points, but every other game that the Packers have played has been a close game. The Packers are a handful of plays away from, you know, annihilating some teams or not being three and four. So Rogers talks about it. I'll get to the comments of Rogers coming up. It's just hilarious to see the people just losing their minds. Yeah, there was way, way, way too much Jordan Love talk about him actually starting and playing over Aaron Rodgers. So, like, but let's say, let's say Jordan Love played against um, the Commanders, Rowdy. Packers lose twenty three twenty one with Rodgers. What did you want the Packers to lose by with Jordan Love playing twenty three to seven? Like, <laughs> well, my biggest thing is twenty three like, to three in the last couple of years in which Jordan Love has played. Right mm-hmm. when he's been on this roster. The offense has been humming, right? You would say from 2019 to 2022, up until this, this season, season yeah. the offense has looked pretty good under Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. In 2019, the defense was pretty soft and it wasn't as good. 2020, the defense got better. 2021, I think you could argue the defense was even better. But in in all three years, the offense was seemed to be rolling, right? Yeah. And now you had Devontae Adams. I get that. But the offense has stunk this year. The offensive lines under Brian Gutekunst since 2018 have all been pretty good. Mm-hmm. This has been so far this year the worst line in Brian Gutekunst's tenure. Now they're figuring it out. There's been a lot of injuries to a lot of key players on that line. So it makes sense why they might struggle when you have a lot of key players injured and a lot of the other players are inexperienced or rookies. Yeah. Hey, Rogers talks about that too. We'll have that comment coming up. But what I'm getting at here is. When we've seen Jordan Love play the last couple seasons and the offense was playing at a high level, how come he still couldn't score points? (laughs) Like now you throw him into this dysfunctional offense with the lack of playmakers at the wide receiver position, the lack of running the football with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones and the lack of a great upfront blocking. Yeah. If you, if he couldn't score against the chiefs last year and that was before the chiefs really kind of, started bringing it where their defense was still kind of eh. They didn't start to turn it on defensively towards the end of the season or I don't know against the lions who weren't <laughs> good at defense really at all. Uh huh. How, if he can't score consistently against those teams and those situations with that offense, why the hell do you think he's going to all of a sudden be able to score a ton of points in this dysfunctional you mean offense? Like Samari to rage along Winfrey. It's going to look, it's going to look Amari just Rogers. as bad. It's going to look just as bad at best. It's that slow buildup. The intro walk-up music for Team Handsome, the captain of it. Team Handsome. <laughs> Our guy Barry Richter Love in it. the house. Wisconsin hockey legend, oh, national God. champion, NHL Olympian. You're embarrassing The man. Very Richter. And also a proud sponsor of the American Family Children's Hospital Radiothon, the Hausman Group, coming in hot, baby. Barry, we raised four hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. That's huge. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah, I couldn't make I was out uh, out of town at a conference that week, so we had some folks stop over from Hausman Group. 
Love Housman Group with Midwest Family Broadcasting. My, I think it's a switch every other month for Employee of the Month. You or Bill Nagy. Employee of the month. Yeah, right? like it switches every month. Yeah. Do you guys get a special parking spot for that? Just or? rotate. Actually, the picture here flips. You just how, are, how is Bill at work, by the way? Is he as good as he is with Wisconsin? And- yeah, no, he's good. He's solid. Solid as a rock. <laughs> Bill does a good job. He's a, he studies the game book and everything. He's, he's, hey, he loves the chili peppers, too. We were, tweet, we were texting each other about it. Well, he wants, he wants to get a song. He's like, I don't know what my song should be. Been, how long has he been coming out here for? I tell him every time, get a song. I know. He'll work on it over the weekend. Hey, new Chili Peppers <laughs> album out, by the way, Richter. Really? It's pretty good. It's called The Return of the Dream Canteen. It's pretty good. There's some jams on there. But let's not play in stadiums anymore. I don't. I wanted I, them to be at the Sylvie. That's, yes. Yeah. Let's do that. I want to be at the Sylvie. I want to watch at the Sylvie. You and I in the suite, crushing some beers. <laughs> RJ, Nelly as well. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on timeout after this weekend's oh, yeah. concert. Right, you are, we, you are, time we, out? Where are you at? Where'd you go to? We went to a band called Cannons on Saturday. Uh, ah. I went with my wife. Rowdy met us there a little later. <laughs> Let's just, I was tailgating. Rowdy tailgated all day. They watched the pre-game. Badger game. It's called pregame, Rowdy. <laughs> let's just say Rowdy. There's a lot of pregame. Let's just say Rowdy was pretty rowdy at the uh, the Cannons concert. <laughs> RJ, what's going on over there? I, I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Barry, I went to the game. <laughs> how about, okay, so Barrett, last Wednesday you're on a business trip and we were being like, what the hell happened Whoa. with Wisconsin hockey? And we even had a topic. <laughs> Will they win more than four it's games? It's hot in here, boys. Will they win more than four <laughs> games? And we were not doing. We were in a tough spot with Wisconsin hockey last week. They just swept number 10 Minnesota Duluth the weekend that just happened. Yeah. What, what, uh, Bear, well, how do you put this into words for us? Let's talk about it. I mean, uh, when, when St. Cloud State, you know, their first series is at Ohio State on the road. Ohio State's, I don't know, I think around 11 right now, ranked 11, doing well. Second series against St. Cloud State at Kohl Center, number two in the nation. And they played they played some good hockey. They played some good hockey. I think there's some couple soft goals there by Jared Moe, but overall they played decent hockey, a couple breakdowns, and St. Cloud dominated some. And they, they went on the road to Duluth. And, you know, I watched the game on Friday, which is on NBC. Yeah, shout out to Jocko. I think there was a grad assistant doing the camera work. I'm not sure, but it was like, yeah. it was a little did, off. Hey, well, it you made me sick your, watching the game. Right down your but complaints. I could tell it was Duluth's broadcast and just simulcast. Yeah. Write down your complaints and I'll send it to Jocko of NBC 15. Yeah, okay. Jocko. I don't think Jocko had anything to do with it, but well, um, he he knows people. He that knows can pass people it and knows yeah, that knows people. Yeah, but uh, anyways, they look pretty good. In that game, they looked mm-hmm. good, and I listened to the game on the radio because it wasn't on TV on Saturday because I was on the road in Chippewa Falls, and uh, you know they sounded good. And Jared Moe stopped seventy three out of seventy five shots. He did a, he did a great job. They had they got power play goals which they need. Yeah, got to clean up the PK a little bit. <laughs> got to clean up the PK and not clipping at a good rate. But overall, they 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 found something there. So there's something there. You know, let's once again, as we always we always get together, boys, in the fall. It's like, you know, let's just wait a couple. You know, we yeah, gotta it's wait. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like football. They, you know, football, you we? got like ten, eleven games, right? Boom, you, you gotta make some hay. Hockey, this, you gotta figure out your identity. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I love these little quips that I get from uh, Wisconsin hockey because I'm on the Badgers mailing list. Wisconsin hockey coming off a road sweep of number ten Minnesota Duluth, uh, skates in its fourth consecutive series against a ranked opponent. To start the season, when undefeated and number sixteen Penn State visits, yeah, six Nicole and zero Penn State. So that's, so that's a big series. How up. bear when you? So this team before the sweep over the weekend that was, 
we weren't, uh, like I said, we weren't in a good spot. How huge is this of, oh, of a huge. confidence booster early on in the season to sweep the 10th team in the country? Yeah, it's huge. And, and Tony Granato is not running from it. I don't know if everyone's been watching the interviews, but he's saying he knows it's like there's no moral victories, like, you know, such as the, hey, we played well against St. Cloud State, but we didn't win. He knows that it's. It's uh, it's it's time to prove and time to time to win and get some results. So that was an absolute big boost um, for the team to win on the road. I don't know if the research department can look this up, but when was the last time the Badgers swept on the road? That would be interesting to know wow. how many years ago that was. Like versus a ranked team, or, or just in general? Just in general. I think just in Let's general. Let's start with in general <laughs> first. <laughs> we got to do baby steps here, okay? All right, so moving forward then, Barry, we got uh, number 16 Penn State coming in here. Um, how quick of a rise has this Penn State been? Yeah, I mean, you look at their, their, their schedule, the strength of schedule that Penn State had, and, it, you know, they played some teams that were sort of mid mid-level teams yeah. but once again they're six and oh so let, let's see what's going to happen penn state usually comes they play a lot of offense they throw a lot of pucks at the net um you know so it's, it's, it's an exciting game for people to go to badgers let's let's carry that momentum let, they, they've never been able to carry the momentum the last couple of years why well, yeah. i say the last year you know in terms of like getting something going let's let's put some strings together here <sighs> how how full do <laughs> you think the, I'm, I'm thinking because it's at home like how full do you think the barn's gonna be? Yeah, the barn's not gonna be as full as it. That's know, the, that was I mean, the sigh. Yeah, and it's gonna take time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's gonna take time to to get back people to get back the loyalty of the Badger hockey fans. Yeah, um, I, I went uh, to the St. Cloud game yeah. Saturday, and I mean that was it was a two one game, but still that I mean, even for an old WCHA foe, I thought there'd be more people there. Yeah, but it was. I've, I'd be surprised if you'd tell me there were 7,000 people there. Yeah. No, I mean, well, is fall it? is always tough, too. Yeah. Right, with football. You got high school football going on. So that's always a tough. Is it just you know, winning is the cure all, And winning is the cure. And then, you know, because I think they there's some talent there, and they actually played, when I watched the St. Cloud in person, the team actually looked more cohesive and connected, shall I say. And uh, when I watched the Duluth game, they looked a little bit, like I said, a little bit more together yeah so they're getting that scoring that secondary scoring which is great they've got some good freshmen on the team big injury to mike vorlicki to the head uh, you know on saturday so he's a he's a big component on the back end for the defenseman so let's mm-hmm. let's see if he's going to be ready to play this friday i did uh, see the duluth guy got suspended now too for that oh did he yeah man uh so barry i saw this a note of the day in each of the last nine games between Wisconsin and Penn State, at least one team scored four goals or more. In only one of the last 19 meetings has neither team reached the four-goal mark. Does Wisconsin have it in them to reach the four-goal well, mark? Last, I mean, look, what they've been scoring. They have. Been scoring, mm-hmm. so that's good, right? I mean, uh, and plus and they've been stopping go- goals, too. Stopping goals. So let's, let's hope Jared Moe can keep it going. Yeah, he had a great, great weekend. Like I said, seven, stopped 73 out of 75 shots. That's huge. Yeah, that's, that's insane. That's like Brian Elliott kind of numbers there. Yeah, clean. I mean, <laughs> clean up the penalty kill. Yeah, you know. Well, because uh, what on Friday night? More. I know that's uh, Duluth's only two scores on the weekend were on the power play. Yeah. They were two for two on their first two power yeah, two plays, two. and then and then they got better near the end of the game. <laughs> they did. Uh, Wisconsin got yeah, Wisconsin had some good kills yeah. in the third period, which is huge. Um, but also, research department. Oh, tap me they're on always, the shoulder. They're always Johnny on the spot. Twenty 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 one. Okay. So, uh, swept Michigan State uh, uh, 
in East Lansing in like the final series before the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. and then started out the year with a sweep of Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two sweeps on the road in 2020, 2021, which was the last year. So uh, there, I know you got to get out of here. Usually we kind of run a little long and shoot the crap about all kinds of stuff, but you I got to go see my life coach, you, Jonathan Bogate. And you also got to work on getting uh, employee of the month that from Bill Nagy here. I understand that. <laughs> but so we were talking about this for going to take the kids to school, by the way. That's why he couldn't join. He's trying morning. to get, he's trying to get family man of the month now. So now you got to <laughs> employee of the month. You can scoop in Vegas forwards, Phil Kessel from obviously, you know, didn't go to Verona, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. He uh, he just said, what was it, Verratti? His 989th straight NHL game. He just set the record. Iron Man. How in the world, in in NHL, in hockey, can you play almost 1,000 games? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. How? The, how? That's, that's huge. I mean, and if any, if people know Phil Kessler, he's just a elite talent in terms of scoring. And he's a gopher. Obviously, we don't care. I know he's a gopher. Great he's hairstyle. From, he's great. from the Madison area, <laughs> yeah, so is, we got to give him. Great hairstyle. You're right, though. He was the first. Uh, Madison one of, kid, one of those first real defections that, went, that you're like, that how went, do you not get him? And <laughs> and the Gophers have never taken any kind of Wisconsin player, you know, yeah. in history. So it just it was crazy. But other than that, he's, I mean, to look at the longevity that he has had, I mean, he's. He's not a pinnacle of fitness, and everyone knows this, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> that's but, why. That's why he's got. Yeah. But and, I, and there's rumors, you know, like you know, having the Coke or Diet Coke on the on the. <laughs> and, 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 but overall, his hand-eye coordination is off the charts in terms of scoring. And if you're playing, you know, you're not missing any games at all. That's insane. For injury, you're a freak of nature. How does that, that many games, Richter? How does that happen? Like, how do you? How do you? How does your body, like when you're out there playing? I mean, you were a defenseman in the NHL too. Like, aren't you just getting pummeled every time you're out there on the ice? Yeah, and he's a forward. I mean, it's not like he goes in traffic or he's, he's, he's I mean, he's a skilled player. So yeah. it's not like he's grinding it out and everything. But still, to have that many games, it's absolutely amazing. It's a real huge, huge achievement. And hats off to Phil Kessel. How did your uh, body feel uh, when you're, you finally put, hung the skates up for professionally? Like, how did your body feel? Uh, it feels okay. Yeah. You know, just got to. You know, warm it up in the morning. Yeah, you got to stretch a little <laughs> bit, you know, work out a little yeah. bit. You, you know, know, a couple toe touches. Go golfing a lot. I heard you were a good <laughs> golfer. Know. I heard you are a good you golfer. Know, hockey players like to play golf. I know. That's I, their off season. Nagy told me that you're pretty good. You know, I said those hockey guys always are pretty good. Hand-eye coordination, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the so. same swing. Yeah. There you go. Spoken from Except a true. Except for the hands are a little different. Yeah, exactly. Just less physical out there, you know? Well, it's good to see you, boys. You look good. Barry, it's, you. it's been, great. A, it's been, it's been a too long. minute, as the kids say these days. So, he Barry, real good. quick, before I let you go, um, how's your feelings on the Wisconsin Badgers? Football team, excuse me. Football team? Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's some positivity. I, I got to watch some of the game in the hotel room on Saturday, so it wasn't like I, you know. That's a Rowdy says they still win the West. Question. Huh? It's possible that what? I'm not saying they're going to do it, but they could still be the Big Ten representative out of the West. That would be awesome. And then your be- vibe on the Packers? Vibe on the Packers is, hmm, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, you don't have time, Barry. we got to get you out of here. I think everyone's going to clean up the mistakes, and I mean everyone, okay? Even a guy that wears the one and two everyone. from the 12? Everyone's everyone's got to hold Everybody. each other accountable. Yeah. What you do know? you think of so Roger's like, hair? What's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a good. The look. hockey guys I, know about the I flow. I guarantee it's going to be a Halloween costume. 
Because <laughs> he did it like last year one. and then like yeah. changed his hair. He's going to be part of the Peaky Blinders, right, Ross? Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, yeah, it's tough, to, uh, it's tough to watch the pack right now. And, uh, I don't, know. All your notes? Are we good on your notes, everything? Yeah, let's see. Um, yeah, no, we covered everything. It's all good. Just Now we, we have to have the it. wrestling match with you and Rowdy one yeah. of these times. Man. Here we go. Barry, we We're going to get that on Twitch right yeah. now. We'll, we'll, we'll stream it. <laughs> Very much love, man. I'm probably not as limber as you. He's not, but you're, you're nimble and quick. Who's more scrappy? How's your cardio? He's scrappy. Look at this guy how's, your, right how's your cardio, Barry? Cardio's good. Is it? Yeah. So if Rowdy were to run you in the deep waters, you still can swim? <laughs> yeah, I want Rodgers to be benched. I want Jordan Love to play. The season's over. The Packers need to give up. Make Aaron Rodgers retire. Did you hear his comments on the Ben McAfee show? Oh, I can't stand him. Remember when he said he's been immunized? He lied to me. That's what all these losers sound like uh, online after Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show uh, had uh, some comments to say about the state of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, a lot of people, um, there's a there's a, a guy who co- covers the Packers, quote-unquote, named uh, Peter Bukowski, who is a huge Rodgers hater, just 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 can't stand Aaron Rodgers, and it all coincides uh, with 2020. You, there's no way that you can change my mind differently over this. Uh, let's see, you're just going on and on. Even John Kuhn, former Packers fullback and works for the Packers, friends with Rodgers, uh, is calling out this uh, reporter over his stances and takes on Aaron Rodgers and where it all stems from. And there's a lot of people like uh, this Peter guy who want to like come after Aaron Rodgers and the vitriol is so much over him, give up on the season and start Jordan Love. Well, just looking at the quote-unquote give up on the season objectively is stupid. Yeah, you're an idiot. If you're giving up on the season now, you're in the middle of this window with Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career. You're running out of time to win a Super Bowl. Do you really think that you could turn it over to Jordan Love in the next year or two and win a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Well, year, two, three years. Do you think Jordan Love will win a Super Bowl in his first two, three years? No. Especially with this roster? No. I get the idea. Punt on the season, you'll load up on draft picks, right? You still only get so many. And we know that the best GMs in in football, if you hit on 50% of them, you're doing a really good job. Yeah. It takes multiple years. Like the thing in the, in the thing in the NFL is you don't have to tank to be good to turn things around like the NBA. Yeah. You tank for years. You're going to get a bunch of young prospects where they got a lot of ceilings and it's easy. You can trade players. It's NFL is different. You can be a team that's not very good one year, and you win five, six games, yeah. and then the next season win twelve. Yeah, totally. It's the NFL's things happen quick. It, it doesn't things change fast. It doesn't take years and years and years in the NFL to all of a sudden go from being a bottom feeder to one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Now that also being said. You don't necessarily have to tank and be the worst team in the NFL to get a good draft, to have a good draft. It's not the NBA where it's like, well, you know, after the first three players in the draft, there's a big fall off. Yeah. In in Major League Baseball, there's it's there's 40 rounds. You can miss on your first five top five draft picks in 
Major League Baseball, and you still might have a decent draft because maybe you find somebody that's pretty good in the eighth round or a guy that ends up being pretty good from the 12th round. There's 40 freaking rounds. If you miss your first five picks in NFL, you're going to be terrible. Yeah, you'd be awful. All right, so uh, people wanting to bench Aaron Rodgers and tank on the season and, and give up and, and sitting at three and four. Look how many teams are three and four and four and three. I mean, the Packers are one game out of the playoffs right now. With all the moves that the Packers have made, re-signing the Devondre Campbells of the world, re-signing the Rasul Douglases of the world, re-signing Aaron Rodgers to that new contract, with some of the moves that they've made and the draft picks that they've they have selected over the last couple of years, this team, they're clearly saying that they know that they're coming to the end of the Aaron Rodgers career and the Aaron Rodgers window to win a Super Bowl. Yes. You can clearly look at the contract and say, after so, this season, he probably has at most two more years, unless he changes his mind, restructures his deal, whatever. But you have to imagine that your window is this year and three years at the most. Yeah, And with the contracts you yep. signed, there's no way that you all of a sudden, one year into making all these moves, say, we got to pull the plug. It's not happening. It's, it's over. we got to completely shelf it. Yeah, it's not happening. Again, That would be the dumbest thing ever. Again, Aaron Rodgers is fourth in yards, uh, tied for first in touchdowns, tied for ninth in yards uh, attempts, completes a percentage, tied for third. His pass rating is fourth. His QBR is 13th. Now, that's in the NFC. The NFC. But now, that's the other thing. Those are NFC numbers where pretty much majority of those categories outside of yards per attempt and QBR, he's in the top four. We're talking about the NFC specifically. That just shows you he's not having one of his best years. Most no, of the stats, clearly he's not. Yeah. Most of his stats, NFL league wide, he's right around 10 to 12 in most of the stats. Yeah. He's not having his MVP type season. The, the the entire roster has been dysfunctional, both defense, offensive line, wide receivers. And yet he's still playing at what you would argue is probably a top four level in the NFC. The NFC is not good. NFC's it's still awful. wide open. Wide why open. would you punt? Because these people are mental midgets. That's why. Speaking of mental stuff, Rogers on the Pat McAfee show yesterday talks about mental mistakes. Now, there's three clips that are a little longer, so we might pause them a couple times to react to it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play these clips here. Uh, take a listen to Aaron Rodgers and him talking about mental mistakes. Here's Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. A quick pivot back to the Washington game. What exactly do you think? What were they doing defensively? I, I give their defense credit, honestly. Like, what were they doing? I guess to give you guys a tough time for your offense. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> then what was it? People are going to be so mad with your answer. Right <laughs> so mad about it. Look, I mean, they didn't have to do anything. They play. They rushed four guys. They played cover four. They sprinkled a couple weak inserts and a couple man coverages, and that was it. So, what do you think it is? They got good. Players. They got good players, but as far as like schematically, what did they do? Just lined up and played. So what do you think it is? Why do you think there is some struggles? Growing pains was obviously a conversation early. I, there was a report that you guys were going to do something with your offensive line, and then whenever last minute came out that Bakhtiari woke up on Saturday and his knee didn't feel good, they kind of want to wait. Rogers said he didn't know Bakhtiari wasn't going to play until 90 minutes before the game. From that, it felt like you could just never really get anything going. Aaron Jones got in the end zone twice. Okay, hey, here we go. Here we go. Aaron Jones getting back into it, but it never really felt like you guys were able to do anything. Is it just you think it was them making plays? You guys not execute? What do you think it is? Well, I mean, they have a nice front. They have a lot of first rounders in that front. They got a good, 
you know, good linebackers, good on the back end. But we had so many uh, just mental errors and mistakes. It's just it's not the kind of football we're used to playing over the years, you know. Uh, there have definitely been games, you know, four or five seasons where we average, you know, four, five, six, maybe seven at the most kind of mental errors or missed assignments per week. And you know, some weeks you have like four, you know, two sometimes. Uh, this week, you know, it's well, this season a lot more than that every single week. You know, it's double digits every single week. It's, uh, you know, even on a game we had like 50 plays or something. It wasn't a ton of plays. Like, you know, they had 37 minutes of time possession. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of mistakes. In years past, he says they would make, what, upwards of maybe seven tops mistakes. It's double-digit now mistakes, mental mistakes, for the team of the Green Bay Packers. And football is always uh, divided by, or not divided by, there's always a handful of plays that separate who wins, who loses. The Packers have been close in all these games. Double-digit mental mistakes. Rodgers then talks about, you know, follow-up on this, about reps. Reps for other guys making mental mistakes. Players really take over. I think when the players really take over, then you see, you're going to see the possibility of us making a run. So when the players really take over, I'm not talking about usurping power from coaches. I'm talking about we take over, we take ownership of what we're putting on the field. Now, some of that might be in the plan. So some of that might be, hey, I really want to do this, offense, defense, teams, whatever it might be. Um, but the other part is taking ownership of your, your daily habits and your routines. Just because we're a young team, we can't just write that off as, oh, they're figuring it out. The rookies are figuring this thing out, and they're going to go through their rookie wall and blah, 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 blah. We need everybody on the same page to make the plays that are possible. We need them Monday to Saturday to put in the time to be ready to play Sunday because there's too many times in a game where there's simple, simple things that just are not being accomplished. How close are you? We hear people talk about like different players about their team. Oh, we're really close, even though they may be losing some games. Okay, like, hey, we're close. We're almost there. We just got to figure it out. Do you feel like you guys are close and it's just one player here or there? It's definitely not just one player here or there. Like I said, it's you know 20% of the time. If, if we have 50 plays and we have 10 mental uh, misassignments or mental errors, that's 20% of the time. So that's way too high. You know, in the past, we're looking more like at uh, – you know, less than ten percent. So I'm gonna pause. He's gonna say something about reps here, Rowdy. Twenty percent of the time, they're making mental mistakes. The Green Bay Packers. Twenty percent of the time. That's not gonna cut it. No. But another thing that I kind of noticed from this interview is, I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to become impatient. And here you go. Here's more from Rodgers, and you can de- definitely tell why he's being impatient. Here you go. It gives us. You know, a really good chance to be successful. Twenty percent—that's too high. You know, that's you know, that's a, you know, one play a series where you're really making it tough on yourself. So we got to fix that. And whatever that is, I think you know, guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we got to got to start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. The guys making the mental mistakes, cut their reps. Guys not making mistakes or guys that haven't yet played, give them a chance. That's him getting impatient. Well, I think just think about some of the things he said early in the season when he was talking about, you know, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson when, 
you know, rewind this back to the end of preseason when they're, you know, still in team practices and yeah. and doing all that stuff. He was talking about how Romeo Dobbs would make a play like every practice. He was talking about how you see flashes from Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. And then as we as we entered into the season and we started watching like them get smashed by Minnesota, beating the Bears. You heard some of the comments from Aaron Rodgers be like, yep, you're still seeing some flashes from some of these young guys. They're still making plays. They're making mistakes. They're going to grow. They're going to learn. They're going to get better. You know, this is a long season. Well, now we're at week eight. Week eight, the Packers are three and four. And all of a sudden, these comments on the Pat McAfee show are talking about, you know what? We kind of got to know what these guys are now. We're almost halfway through the season we have to know who can play, who can't, who needs to start getting more reps because they're showing real potential, yep. who has kind of been duds. And I think he's starting to become an impatient, not only probably with the offensive line who's been inconsistent, but again, they did play better against the commanders. Yeah, they played great. But how about the, the receiving core? The receiving core hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then two of the draft picks, your high draft picks, as in Christian Watson, has not been able to stay on the field. I don't think you can e- say that he's grown at all from no. week one till Hamstring now. Injury. And then Romeo Dobbs seems like he's still really inconsistent. You're hoping that both of them could continue to take steps, get better and better. Now I'll say this. Yeah, it's disappointing with Christian Watson because he hasn't been on the <clears> field. <throat> I agree with them. Aaron Rodgers, that is. He's not developing because he's not playing. Yeah. Had he been playing, maybe he develops, maybe so, he doesn't. We don't know. But Romeo Dobbs is now being asked to be the number one, number two number, receiver. Yeah, which, and that is just way, way more than any expectation should be on Romeo totally. Dobbs. So expectations on Aaron Rodgers. Pat McAfee, A.J. Hawk, asked Aaron Rodgers yesterday about his evaluation of himself throughout the season and especially against the game against the commanders. Take a listen. Uh, obviously preparation leads to results and everything kind of goes hand in hand after the results are given this particular game against the commanders you watch it you judge everybody on every play you judge yourself on every play how do you go about watching a game like the commanders to correct it for going forward and what did you see out of yourself against the commanders yeah judge everything yeah um every play my own performance all of it i mean this was my highest graded game by Tom, uh, yeah, which people would be maybe surprised to hear. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to stop it right there. This is where all these some of these reporters, like the Peter Bukowskis of the world, took that clip and ran with it to say, Aaron Rodgers, well, my mom told me I'm good. Well, uh, you know, I'm good. Look at the numbers. Or Tom Clements, my yes man, who I brought back, he's telling me I'm good. I am not taking any fault in any of this. That is what the, all these reporters out there, not a lot, but some of them out there are saying now, that they're all coming at Aaron Rodgers, that he's saying, well, I'm good. Everyone else is bad. From that comment right there. Well, they don't let you give the full thing. Here's the rest of Rodgers. But, you know, we, we uh, obviously didn't execute a lot of drops, a uh, couple missed throws. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're behind the sticks, you know, we're second and 20, third and 25, first and 15s, way too many penalties, uh, you know, way too many drops, um, you know, not enough rushing attempts because we were behind the sticks the whole time. Obviously Aaron Jones, every time he touches it has, you know, he's going to make a bunch of big plays, uh, as a possibility. Um, but 
Yeah, man, we just had there were three or four plays where if we just do what we're supposed to do, the you know those are the key plays. I tell them all the time. It could be the first play of the game, could be the last play of the game, any play in between. One play often, two plays, three plays at the most can determine the outcome of the game. And sometimes the simplest plays are just by outside release here. This happened, boom, boom, first down, move on to the, you know. All right, so there you go, Rowdy. I mean, that's essentially the gist of the Aaron Rodgers interview with Pat McAfee yesterday. I almost, me watching Aaron Rodgers so far this season, I think it's pretty obvious to say he's not playing at an MVP level. Yeah, yeah, easily can say that. I also don't think I would say he's playing at an average level. And when I say average, like the 16th best quarterback Mm -hmm. in the league, I think he's probably sitting somewhere to like 10 to 12 just from the naked eye when you when you look at some of the throws that he's still making you look at the player personnel that he's playing with and the dysfunction at the offensive line yeah. but i think when we see some of these missed throws from Aaron Rodgers and it seems like you know there's been a couple of mishaps from the wide receivers or whatever and then all of a sudden when Aaron Rodgers is right there he's got a missed throw and it's like <clears throat> if you could have just thrown that more accurately that's going to pick up the first down when you really could have used one yeah I'm going to, you know what I think I'm going to chalk this up to? I think it's Aaron Rodgers being extremely frustrated, but not showing it because now everybody's looking for it. And, you know, he said he's, he's grown and he's done all these things and he's trying to look at the positives and be a better person. But I think deep down, he is still, it is festering and he is still frustrated, but he is not actually voicing it because of everyone looking at him saying, well, he's supposed to be changed or they're looking at him saying, well, we're looking for him to freak out on teammates. Yeah. He knows, he knows the spotlights on him. They're trying to paint him as a villain. And you know, you know that he knows how good these receivers are. Yeah. Like we're not in practice every day. We get to watch, you know, just some of the plays where, oh, looks like so-and-so was open, but he dropped the football. Yep. Oh, so-and-so is not getting open 90% of the time. And I bet that is frustrating. And then when he's letting it fester, all of a sudden he has an opportunity. Then he Fs up. And now it's just kind of like a, 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 you know, downward spiral mis- snowball. Yeah. Rogers talking about mental mistakes. They're just not on the same page. And listen, they're three and four. There's so many teams, three and four and four and three in the NFL. It's insane. Especially the NFC. Oh, I bet deep down. When some of those plays and passes are being dropped and guys aren't getting open and the play calling has been very disjointed. And I, I really do think Aaron Rodgers wants to run the football a little bit more yeah, because they haven't been. And he knows that Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are some of the better playmakers. He said it in that second clip we played. And not like he wants every time Aaron Jones touches the ball, you know, it's a big home run ability. Well, And it's not like he wants to run the football 75% of the time. I think he just wants it to be closer to 50, 50. And I think he wants to figure out ways to get Aaron Jones the ball. He said it was, and they're not really doing that. And Matt LaFleur has come back to the podium two, three times and goes, wait, Aaron Jones only got X amount of touches. uh, How can that be that we need to check the tape. And I bet it is frustrating. And Roger said in this one of those clips too, Rowdy, that the coaches need to do better too. And I will guarantee you deep down, deep down in his head, whatever, when stuff like that is going on, he is still MFing all those guys. (laughs) He's just trying not to show it because the spotlight's on him. Uh, Line one. Thanks for waiting on hold. Who's this? What's up, boys? Hey, Polly. What's up, dude? As a Bear fan, I love all this. It, it would be the most ridiculous thing in the world to get rid of Aaron Rodgers now. And he's not the problem. The coaching's the problem. And what did he say? 
What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Yeah. Why not change something up? What do you got to lose? If you if you continue right. on the same path, you're well, he says that, losing. and all these cheeseheads out there are like, he's hurting their feelings on his team. He's such a bad well, leader. And then uh, the teammates are like, no, he's right. Like, we love Aaron Rodgers. He's right. Here's the thing. He sees who's doing what in practice, and maybe the yeah. guys that are doing stuff in practice aren't the ones on the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like totally. maybe they're not maybe they're the guys not getting a chance. And who's gonna be hungrier than them? But I like the suffering. I'm I'm rebel. <laughs> I, I know you do, you Bears fan, you um and uh, other thing I wanna say, the whole Bill Belichick thing, like I'm so like on to Cincinnati. On to C- it's become a thing now. Like I get that a lot of coaches don't wanna give reporters ammo to whatever because they, you know they do ask a lot of stupid questions and whatnot <laughs> but he's just like we practice the week yeah we practice that's the a week. hypothetical like, dude, i just want to punch him in the throat like he's such a douche like <laughs> it's it's become it's become a thing now like a sideshow it's like now we have hey, to you, you essentially did punch him in the throat your bears beat him yeah stepped on his neck and pulled on his legs <laughs> Trying to help him get All right, boys. Let's see, Paul. Hey, hey, I want to say, I want to say to Rowdy too. I, I messaged him this morning. I would take that twenty-two points in Michigan State because it doesn't matter who's better or who's worse. And I'm not saying Michigan won't win, and maybe they do roll them, but more times than not, that's a close game. So, Michigan would, State is getting there. healthier. I duly noted. It, it Paulie. feels like the Iowa game to me. It feels like they very easily could cover that game. Like if Iowa's offense played like two series well, they would have covered that game, but it could snowball quickly if Michigan gets up. Dooley, Nolan, yeah, Polly. All right, boys, take Keep it easy. It. Line two, good morning. Oh, man, uh, Mitchell Madison. Oh, Mitchell. What's up, Mitch? Uh, hell is frozen over. Me and Polly agree on a lot of stuff on, Whoa. on his there. And um, you guys both are sick right now, too. Yeah, I'm getting better. You know? yeah, yeah, so, so see, I think, so see. But, uh, so, okay, first of all, congratulations on doing actual journalism. That's what real people do. You're playing full sound bites and not, like, half of a half of a sound bite and running with it. And I didn't like, even go to journalism school. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, like the Kmart. I like calling out BS. And when I hear a bunch of these, you know, these reporters out here and most, I'd say like 80% of reporters are idiots. Like they're just painting a narrative and then they say, well, no, we're not. We're in the middle, blah, blah, blah. They're lying to you. So we try to try to, you know, go down the sniff them out a little bit. Right. But okay. So when he's talking about, you know, giving people another chance to be frustrated, it like, I think sometimes people forget, like being in the NFL is a profession. Like, you're a professional. It's work. If you're mm-hmm. not going in there, like he, the reason why, the biggest reason why him and Jordy were are on the same page wasn't because Jordy was the most amazing athlete, faster than everybody, whatever. He literally knew to the centimeter on the field on a timing route where Jordy was going to be. And that is because he worked at mm-hmm. and he do what you need to do. And what he's saying, I mean, you watch the tape and yes, he hasn't been the greatest like Rowdy was saying in terms of all his throws, but you call a play, you expect somebody to be in a certain spot at a certain time, and if they're not, it's not going to work, especially when you don't have a burner. And don't overestimate the fact that, like you said, they're starting first and 15, first and 20. Like, even the best teams of the best teams, when they're backed up by penalties and mental mistakes like that, 
you know, the people on the other side of the ball are getting paid too. So yeah. if you're not going to be a professional well, and it's work like, your craft and get better, then you got to get other people yeah, in. We had, uh, we had one of our good callers, uh, Fuller, called in from his excavator, and he said, what, are the people, what do these people want Rodgers to do? Literally go run the ball down 70 yards to a receiver and hand it to him, be like, here you go. I, I, I know if I threw it to you, I might drop it, so I'm going to run it down the field to you. Here you go. Like, what do you want Rodgers to do? You know, uh, yeah, I got so triggered when I watched the uh, Chiefs game and like uh, Mahomes just bombed it seventy yards to MVS. I was like, oh, and, nice and let me guess, see. he caught it. Oh yeah, he, it was wide open too. <laughs> it's it like, oh, I'll play down the field to a speedy wide receiver. What do you know? Yeah. It's just so, I mean, literally the vibe on Rodgers flipped in 2020. Like, that's when the reporters turned on him, and that's when a lot of these soft-ass individuals who like to tell their people how to live their lives turned on him, and now the vitriol is so much that they can't, their feeble, weak little minds can't handle it. You know what? I don't think he really cares about those people. No, no, he doesn't, but those are the people attacking him now. Right, right. But, you know, and like you guys said, though, there's a lot of teams that are three and four, four and three, so you just got to get in, but... If I'm a young guy, well, one, you shouldn't have to push these young guys. The other professionals, but like one of the one or two of these guys stepped up, they could make a lot of money yep. <laughs> by yep. you know showing that they can play, especially with Roger. So, you got it, brother. Um, yeah, Mitch, you're the man, brother. Look at MVS, the guy you just yeah. you just said. He would make fifty percent of the plays, and he still got a nice little uh, contract out in KC. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's like if you, if you. It's probably on a highlight reel somewhere, or the, the bomb to MBS last week. Yeah. Oh, it was Mid- a beautiful play. We love you, Mitch. Isn't right. I see you. Doogie says, I thought Doogie's on his anti Rogers crusade the past couple years. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, though, Dukes. He says, Well, I thought you always told me that Rogers makes the wide receiver. Rogers is throwing to guys like Samari Toure, Jawan Rinfrey, Amari Rogers, uh, a fourth round Romeo Dobbs who may look good, Sammy Watkins who can't stay healthy, Christian Watson who can't stay healthy, um, Ellen Lazard who can't stay healthy. He's literally throwing the guys that are lucky to be on practice squads. Or Amari Rodgers was even lucky to be in the NFL. You can you can get a, a five star Michelin chef, but if you give him spam and canned corned beef and hash, how is he going to make a five star meal out of it? Well, I think there's something that also hasn't been talking talked about a ton. It's that when you look at the Green Bay Packers offense, it's not like they had a ton of great receivers outside of Devontae Adams the last three years under Matt LaFleur, but guys were coming open, right? Mm -hmm. Alan Lazard all of a sudden would be open. Like you can name a lot of different receivers that weren't that great. They weren't like they were ones, twos, or most of them threes, but they were still making catches. You know what I'm saying? MVS would make a nice catch. St. Brown had some catches. Again, Alan Lazard. Yeah, Devontae Adams was there. But I think one of the things that's that's going kind of unnoted for the most part is if you watch that Bears-Patriots game, you can look and see that St. Brown was running as like their second or third wide receiver on their roster behind Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Except for Justin Fields was using his legs, extending the pocket, finding guys downfield that were coming open. Maybe that means they're just better at the scramble drill than the current Packer wide receivers. But I don't know. If you watch the beginning of that game and you watch the scripted plays from Chicago in the first couple series, there were a lot of plays that were schemed and developed 
where they were having wide receivers even when the wide receivers were dog crap. <laughs> the worst of the Packers, probably. At least one of them coming open and Justin Fields hit them basically wide open, picking up 10, 15 yards mm-hmm. and finding ways to move the football down the field. That was before the Patriots completely fell apart in the second half. Yeah. They were still finding ways to get their terrible wide receivers open. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And by the way, it was against the New England Patriots team. That's actually a pretty decent defense. They still found ways, whether that was only for one half or an entire game. They still found ways when they were prepping and putting together a game plan. This current offense from Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers looks nothing like it did in the first three years. And again, they have a lot more issues than they did those first three years, but it just looks terrible altogether. And the game plans just when you have to go to the podium as a head coach and not know how many times the purest best playmaker on your team is getting oh, for a, carries and touches he, he eight carries I didn't know or, that. or you don't know exactly uh-huh. that you only ran the ball 12 times and you couldn't believe that it was that low what like, like that's a, on you come on yeah. there's something off with the offense and it, and it starts kind of with the game plan and when I watched that that was all I could see in the first half of the Bears game sure, against the yeah. Patriots and I was definitely rooting for the Patriots. I had a, my own personal bet that I had that, that was teased with another game. I have my Pauly bet <laughs> out the there. Pauly, the so Pauly I Parlay? had every reason to be, uh, you know, on the, yeah. well, New England laid an egg and they, they got screwed and there was penalty, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. The Bears actually looked pretty damn yeah. good in that game. And I hate to say it. At the end of the Packers-Commanders game, Aaron Rodgers was throwing two. Amari Rodgers, Samari Toure, and Jawan Winfrey. Okay? It's like, man, I really want a filet mignon tonight. I'm a ribeye guy or a ribeye. God, I could really go for a nice cut of meat. A filet mignon or a ribeye, whatever. That sounds good. And the person that goes get me the groceries comes back with freaking flank steak. I mean, I'm going from some buttery delicious, succulent steak to this fibrous, chewy flank steak. How am I supposed to be a five-star chef when I got this nonsense in front of me? Yes, Reggie? No, I'm... T- You're talking about different cuts of meat. I'm saying just basic. The Bears receiving core isn't even as good as the Packers receiving core, but, somehow, flank steak. but somehow they're still getting open. It- no, maybe there's some above flank. Maybe a hanger steak. I'm a little porterhouse. CBSSports.com. Uh, front page, I saw this. It says the Green Bay Packers still alive for the playoffs. As they said, the Buccaneers were circling the drain. By the way, speaking of the Buccaneers, do you, have you guys been seeing Antonio Brown? All the stuff he's been tweeting out with Tom Brady and all the <laughs> memes and all the tweets. Have you guys been checking in on that at all? I saw the first couple he's and funny. I just kind of shook my head. I'm like. Could you imagine being Tom Brady? You want to no, win. Like, you want to win so bad, and you you were looking to bring in another weapon. You brought in Antonio Brown, a guy that bringing him in just in general was taking a flyer with some of his past behavior and basically everything he's done post Vontez Perfect hit. Yeah. But then the fact that the guy that you took in, you let him live with let you. Let him live. I don't care if it's a 50-room mansion. You let him live in your house. Yeah. Is now trolling you about your wife. Yeah, getting a divorce and how you're struggling with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ben, you're you're all on Twitter. Have you been seeing that from AB? Mr. Yeah. Big Chest? 
Yeah. Tough, tough. And to, it is funny, but also it's like, damn, that guy's vicious. Right here, uh, Bucks Packers still have time. Front page of CBS Sports. Now, who do you guys have more faith in making the playoffs, the Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers? Mm. That NFC South stinks. Mm. Vikings 5-1. and one. The Bucks, despite how bad they are, are first place in their division. Yeah, I'd say the Bucks. Rowdy? They scored three points against the Panthers. Well, the Panthers are awful. The Saints have had just a ton of injuries. The quarterback play has not been there either. And then you look at the Falcons, and the Falcons are like the worst passing defense in the league. Tom Brady in Tampa likes to throw the football. It's got to be the Buccaneers, and they're t- they look terrible. <laughs> That's tough to say. But yeah, I mean, but everyone looks terrible in the South. Like, honestly, if you're looking at those four teams, who has played the best? You probably would pick the Falcons. Yeah. For expectations, it's 100% the Falcons. The Buccaneers I just don't disappoint. know if they could beat the Tampa Bay head-to-head in a, in a game that mattered. Who do you have more faith in figuring it out, the Packers or the Buccaneers? Packers. The Bucks. Rowdy, why? Reason why I say Packers is because... Aaron Rodgers being criticized about his personal life has been practically every year, starting with his family, like 15 Since, years ago. Yeah. Tom Brady, this is a new thing. Also, we've seen the same type of demeanor from Aaron Rodgers being pissed off, being somewhat of a leader and going kind of back and forth between those two. I don't think we've ever seen Tom Brady skipping practices and skipping things to go to weddings during the week yeah. or, or him visibly doing some of the things he's done. It just, this yeah, looks like the end of Tom Brady. There's like, trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. Ben, and I'm not saying it's the end of Tom Brady because he is, he can't play those quarterback position anymore. He just mentally does not look there yeah. at all. Then you said the Bucks. Yeah, they have a better team. You know, they've also dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, I, I think as time goes along. And I also Mike Evans is uh, with the NFL referee is trying to collude. So, yeah. I trust now Mike Evans just golfs. And I, um, I trust Brady and, and Bulls and whoever and Arians is still around more so than LaFleur and Rodgers. Oh, you said LaFleur first. Ooh. I'm not. You're trying to paint me in this corner. LaFleur. I'm not paying you in any corner. LaFleur has done a terrible job this season. I agree. The, the vibes and the culture in Green Bay seem awful at the same time. I want the quarterback to do a better job leading the team. So you want Rodgers to do a better job at leading the team? Yes, and I want him to play better. I think we all want him to play better. But what do you mean? What do you mean when you say you want him to do better at leading the team? I mean, three weeks ago, it's changed the offense, and then it's simplified. It's we need to stop playing players, and it, it's never about what. Like he gets in front of the podium, he's he talks about what everyone else is doing wrong. It's never a yeah, I need to play better. Well, he said he missed throws and he needs to execute better. He, he literally said that in the Pat McAfee interview. No, I, I, I'm aware. I, so after what saying, you just said was not was, was wrong. Was the best graded game of the season. I'm talking about like on the podium post game. It's always about, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I like the plays. They're not working. He's deflecting to LaFleur. He's deflecting because the players suck. I would like him for once to say, yeah, I'm playing like crap right now. Just instead of saying, I've missed some throws and execute, yada, yada, you, you just want to say, you want to say it differently. I'm saying, like, in the I podium suck. You want to say, game. Well, like, how would you exactly want him to say it? 
I, I played like crap. Game. I, I understand he said that at the back end of a comment saying it was actually his best game of the season. No, Tom Clements said it was the best rated game of the season, which and, it was for and him. And he was chuckling, and, and Rodgers kind of agreed. I, I, I don't know. If you look at all of his QBRs or his passer ratings, that didn't win as his best game. Maybe we need to figure out what uh, Tom Clemens uses for a grading scale. I would like to know that. Do you think Tom Clemens was brought back to just be Rogers' yes man, as many on Twitter suggested yesterday? Not necessarily, but it's hard to I. It's hard to argue <laughs> with with what's gone on, right? I mean, Rogers wanted a big say in personnel, and I I, I just don't like the vibes. I think the vibes are terrible. Vibes are up. I think we and, need a I think we need a new QBR. Like ESPN introduced QBR not that long ago. But um, I think we need a new a new rating system since he popularized this. I think we need to know the Clemens rating system. It's a blend between Tom and Mike Clemens rating. <laughs> well, Mike Mike can't stand Rogers. Tom loves him, so be, I bet maybe be pretty That's fair. That's what I'm saying. It's a blend. Fair. Here's the thing: the vibes are just terrible in the building right now, and part of that is the coach's fault. Part of that is the GM's fault because clearly the roster is not up to par. A lot of that is on the players; they're not playing well. I also like. Who do you expect the most from in that building week in and week out? Be Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So I'm holding him to a sky high standard. And Would it I, be I an unfair standard? I put it on him to make the vibes better, frankly. You know? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Where you could look across the league and there, there have been quarterbacks that have struggled and stuff, but you always, uh, you always feel like they're in the room making it work. My vibe here is like he's, he's mad and he's talking on the Pat McAfee show and it's like... I love I love that he does the Pat McAfee show. By the way, it's so much more insightful than a bunch of jabronis up there in the podium you were talking about after a game. Sure, it is. He, Rogers is more open. Uh, yes. You don't like that about that? You don't no, like no, that? no. I, he's definitely more open. Uh, sometimes I, I disagree with the avenues he goes uh, towards towards expressing his displeasure. Like the, with like the, the Panthers, for example. All right, um, I just I just remember this. I forget the wide receiver that was talking about it, but he couldn't even remember their backup backup quarterback's name. He's like, yeah, if, if, if Baker Mayfield's out there or Sam Darnold or – and then he's like, was like struggling to think of the quarterback. They're like – I think he said, oh, Walker? He's like, yeah, yeah, that guy too. Well, that guy went out there and he willed the Panthers to a 21-3 loss and the wide receiver didn't even know who it was. Yeah, and P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore actually had a pretty good day together oh, yes, against DJ, the Bucks. D.J. Moore had no idea who the dude was. P.J. Walker, XFL legend. He couldn't even remember his name, but he went out there. So, like – when you say that Rodgers need to be better at the locker room, in this other locker room, the guy didn't even know who he was. They still got a win over the Buccaneers. I think more leads more Matt LaFleur well, just being kind of he, in that theory. In fairness, he wasn't referencing P.J. Walker. He was referencing Jacob Eason. Oh, is that what it was? P.J. Walker has been with Carolina for, Maybe I think, I'm at off least Sorry, Benjamin, two, three years. I'm off on that. But, but still... Jacob Eason is a guy that was on the roster. He's like, he's like a practice squad guy. When you think about it, he's they probably just signed him. He was on the, uh, I think he was on the. Giants? He was on, yeah, he was on the roster for like two weeks. Yeah. So, in fairness to DJ Moore on okay, that, well, one, that's my bad. Then <laughs> he was like the fifth string quarterback when you take into account Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, who's on the IR, PJ Walker, and then Jacob Eason. <laughs> but still, same point is. DJ Moore still played well. Yeah. Well, how about this? And now there's out there, and let me ask both of you guys this, that the Packers are reportedly yeah. all in on getting a wide receiver still on a rookie deal. 
is one wide receiver the 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 cure all for the Packers? I just I, I did you, did you it, see that report all in on a guy on a rookie deal? I chuckle at the idea that bringing in someone that hasn't played with Rodgers and needs to build the rapport with him is going to instantly work. Yeah. Do you think that back in the day when Brett Favre was was just screaming for the Green Bay Packers to go get Randy, Randy Moss? Moss. How long do you think it would have taken for Randy Moss and Brett Favre to get on the same page? First play of the game. I'm pretty sure Brett Favre would have said, hey, y'all, Randy, run deep. I'll throw it down there. And he goes, all right, Favre. And Randy Moss would run a go route, and Brett Favre would scramble around and then bomb it down there, and there would be a catch, and then like a 70-yard touchdown. We'd be cheering and screaming. If you're that good, if you're that good, I feel like it doesn't take that long to get on the same page because both parties are so good. But if you're throwing to clown shoes, one clown shoes, two dog Creek, you player three, don't forget to submit the school. Floor. You have good to have the are, chemistry. The problem is the good ones that are available. The Packers can't afford. They can't even afford Corey Davis unless the jets take up the whole contract. Actually, I did see something where out of the 32 teams for caps, uh, cap space, green Bay 11th. Almost six and a half million dollars of cap space. So it's not like they don't have anything. It's actually slightly more than what they normally bring to a regular season at five million. But I agree. The fact that it's out there now that they're looking for a young wide receiver on a rookie deal contract, if they are the type of talent that's like a Chase Claypool or like a DJ Moore or a Elijah Moore, yeah. someone that has that type of talent and ability that's on their first year of their contract. That's going to be expensive. For the record, yes, no doubt. But it's a true part way with the damn draft picks and send a message to the locker room that you're trying to win situation. What if they traded Jordan Love, which the Brewers didn't do? If you look at... That'd be interesting. But the Claypool thing first, that was never actually reported. That was that same schmuck that... Oh, that schmuck is at Rogers retirement at the end of the year? Exactly. That guy is a schmuck, and he's a ginger. Then a couple couple websites reposted it. Like, all the dude does is tweet pictures of random players and say things are happening. Yeah, who is that guy? Just some random jabroni? I don't know, but I... Some Jablonski? From the tone of his voice, one of his buddies. Not so. he called him a clown. And, uh, yeah, I don't really think that was true in any way. Well, regardless, a Chase Claypool would be a great type of talent or player for them to target that would yeah. actually make a difference. No, that one dingus from ESPN also was out Chase Claypool. Jeremy Fowler was said it. Did he? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought I saw more than just one yeah, report yeah, yeah, on yeah. Chase Claypool no. as well. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah. No, that Jeremy Fowler the, guy said it too. The names are irrelevant. It just has to be that same type of skill set. Yeah. Which is going to be expensive, but if we look at what Brian Gutekunst has done, we'll just say from 2020 on, he hasn't really done the best when you're talking about hitting on skill position players in those first top 100 picks. No. Are you willing to part with a second and a third rounder to get a Chase Claypool-like talent? I would really start to consider it. Yeah, I, I think it wouldn't hurt. I think we can start talking about this draft class is somewhat of a failure. I think a, I think a few of them and are. And this is what's... You needed impact guys. Look at the Jordan Love draft class. Well, that aside, this past one, you needed impact guys that'll help right away and help Rodgers in his final years. And you have a defensive lineman that hasn't seen the field. You have a linebacker who I really like, but is raw. And you have a 
a, a wide receiver that has been injured all season and was a project. The reason why so much needed to be had in this draft is because every other year that Brian Gutekunst was the GM, he's had money to go out and spend, and he's patched together pretty good free agent signings, basically starting since 2018. There was a few in there like Jimmy Graham that didn't pay off. I'll give you that. But overall, he's been pretty good signing free agents like the Billy Turners, even like the uh, the Dennis Kellys who... He was a cheap free agent that was serviceable when needed. He has done really well at finding patch serviceable players in free agency. The draft had to be good last year because they didn't have any money to go out and spend in free agency and add to the team. They had to re-sign the Devondre Campbells. They had to re-sign the Rasul Douglases. They had to do all those moves just to keep the roster intact because of salary cap hell. Because remember, they kept throwing all the money into yeah. the future. Yeah. Oh, we're going to throw more money. The can the- on the road. Exactly. That's why this draft had to be so good. And so far, it has fallen flat. I mean, look at the pieces that you added that were supposed to help you. I don't think you could argue that any of those guys have been anything better than than average. And and some of them haven't even gotten oh, onto the field. I just saw this on Twitter. Notable Aaron Rodgers hater Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show talking about banging the Samari Toure drum and also new to the Aaron Rodgers anti-club. Young Ben Kenny. Whoa. Not you? the quarterback, given Tory is a rookie, not on the same mental plan as Aaron Rodgers. Plain. Um, no, this is plan. Oh. You, I meant this plain. was a typo then. I want to delete that then. Um, am I new to it? Well, I, growing more in your role as a Rodgers hater since you've been in Wisconsin. And teamed up with Grant. Yeah. I could pinpoint the exact moment Grant started like uh, stopped liking Aaron Rodgers. So uh, when he I, said, "Yeah, I've been immunized." I, I think I've been very. It, Aaron Rodgers kind of drives me crazy. If you would have got, if you would have got the shot, would you like him? 